Charlie and I have been lucky enough to interview business people from the top executives of some of Australia's largest companies to entrepreneurs who have exited and are onto their next steps in their business journeys. Today's episode, though, gives us a window into the world of startups and what it actually takes to put a brilliant idea into a business. And for our next guest, did it sure take a lot? As you'll hear later on, Playbook founders Kieran and Chelsea Murphy faced unfathomable setbacks that resulted in them having to sell their house while they had a young child and pour every last dollar they had into the business. Today we interviewed Chelsea Murphy, co-founder of the company Playbook. Playbook is an online marketplace for sport coaches and mentors. Think of the biggest names in Australian sport, from netball to AFL through to cricket, and the chances are you can book a session with them. But as Chelsea explains to us, Playbook is so much more than just the big names in sport. It also allows great amateur coaches to develop their craft and help create the next generation of sports stars. With such a quick and widespread uptake of their platform, Playbook not only offers sessions for your mainstream sports, but has coaches on their platform that coach anything from motocross to pickleball. It's a truly remarkable story of grit, determination and sheer conviction in their idea that is still so recent in the mind of Chelsea. The business of is lucky enough to get a great snapshot into what it takes to overcome challenge after challenge to build a business from someone who is living this journey every day. Hello and welcome back to The Business Of. I'm Will. And I'm Charlie. On today's podcast, we unpack the origins of a Brisbane-based startup with a national presence and global ambitions. We explore the steps Chelsea and Kieran Murphy took to take it from an idea to a business. We hear about some of the extreme challenges they faced early on. And finally, Chelsea leaves prospective founders with some great advice. We hope you enjoy. Joined by Chelsea Murphy. How are you, Chelsea? Great, thank you. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, we might dive straight in. So can you talk us through what led you to start Playbook? Absolutely. So I started Playbook with two partners, Chris Lynn, who's a professional cricketer, yep. and um, my husband, Kira Murphy. And the idea came about because they were having a conversation one day at the pub about Chris's career. And Chris said the most pivotal thing he did in his career was get a private coach. Mm. And the reason for that is because he was on the cusp of the Queensland team. Yep. And he has... Um, you know, he doesn't have a traditional style of play, essentially. Yep. This was before T20 was a competition. Yeah. And it was yeah, his wow. private coach who allowed him to build confidence in his own style of play. Yeah. And mm. that has ultimately allowed him to play to his potential, which is a, you know, a career that is global. Mm. <laughs> um, so... Kieran was thinking about that and how important that was to Chris. And Chris was lucky to know someone in his network that he could go mm. to and get that support and mentoring and coaching. Mm. But Kieran was thinking, what about if you don't have yeah. that that network around you? Mm. Um, so he's the one through that conversation with Chris who came up with a playbook concept, mm. thinking about coaching in the Australian landscape and potentially globally as well and yeah. how to find a coach and mm. how easy or hard that is. So um, we kind of explored that and then um, decided to launch playbook, which is all about connecting with coaches and mentors to allow people to play to their potential, whatever level that is. Yeah, yeah, wow. And I suppose it is my understanding that it was a pretty significant decision for you and Karen to get 
you know, run with the idea. Um, can you talk us through that um, that phase of your of your guys' journey? Yeah. Um, so for us, we knew the concept was not something that you play small with. So we knew it's going to be a global business. It's something that you've got to go all in with. Yep. Um, so it was a really big decision because yeah. we had a business that we already really loved and, mm. um, you know, was kind of meeting all our career goals and things like that. Yeah, so well. the concept was in a completely different direction for us and probably a different scale of risk for us. Mm. And, um, yeah, we had a young family, so we had a baby <laughs> at the time. So we knew that um, it would be really demanding and high risk. And um, it got even riskier as, as we went along. And I'm sure we'll talk about that today. Mm, but um, it was a huge decision, that's for sure. And so the thing that we were really um, motivated by was about making a difference, though, and having a business that had huge impact. And that's the thing that has... Um, allowed us to make that big leap and mm. also continue because every day you're continuing to make sacrifices mm. and um, commitments to the business. So yeah. it was just that love of the game and love of what we're doing that has allowed us to keep committing to it. Yeah, yeah you yeah. sacrificed an hour on a podcast <laughs> yeah, with, with Will and I. So <laughs> that's what, much better spent for yeah, the business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, so you have this great idea. How do you, we're interested in who is some of the first coaches to hop on the platform and sort of, yeah, how, how that part of the business grew in terms of the number of coaches and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, being a marketplace, that coach acquisition mm. was really fast for us. So, um, yeah. Lenny was obviously one of the first ones. Yeah. Um, Gretel Boetta, who's an Australian netball player, yeah. she was oh, one yeah. of the first, Tara Hinchcliffe. Um, so, we had a few just early adopters, which we were super stoked about. That's so good, um, yeah, yeah. And honestly, we just reached out to people in the very beginning. With Chris yeah. being our, our business partner and face of the brand, yes. it opened a lot of doors for us um, in the mentoring space as well. So, mm. people who were emerging former or current professional athletes mm. I guess when we first um, came up with the concept we didn't realize how big that would be for the business to have those coaches and mentors that also have the recent playing experience mm, yeah. um, but that's where it's gone to and, and a lot of that is because of you know Chris's um, Chris's close involvement in the business yeah um, so yeah there are a lot of the coaches that are still with us today yeah, and wow. um, doing great things and have a great impact on grassroots sport yeah, because it does, of it. yeah, yeah it does say a lot that they stay on and they keep coaching you know and they stay on the platform yeah that's awesome yeah yeah i suppose um yeah and obviously you've got the high profile coaches but the thing i found find very interesting as well there's mm. there's very much beyond that sort of top line of um of profile people there's those you know real grassroots coaches that are quality coaches that have been around the traps for years that are finding an opportunity to either access more more kids and help more help more kids and then also more kids are becoming aware of these people as a result of your platform can you speak to the the role that i guess playbook is playing at the grassroots level as well absolutely like, yeah um that's true that's our foundation so we've got everyone from grassroots level coaches to olympic level coaches which is amazing similarly yeah. we've got um, you know, athletes as young as five and athletes, um, you know, in their 50s. So there's a really broad oh, spectrum incredible. of yeah, wow. um, just athletes who want to play to the potential, whether that's, you know, fifth grade cricket, whether it's mm. it does. It's not it's not that we're creating the next Wallaby or Diamond. Yeah, it's really yeah. just everyone um, finding the person that helps them focus on their game and what they want to work on. Yeah. Um, so it's a really broad spectrum. And that means that there's range for people. So range of experience range of price points range of expertise and location the mm. thing that we really look for is passion and expertise in the sport yeah. um and being a marketplace all those coach profiles are there
there for everyone to get a really good understanding of who that person is before they engage them mm. and their expertise within the sport, their qualifications, and also the social validation of other people providing reviews. So they get a really good understanding of who they're going to be working with and whether that's a right fit for either themselves if they're an adult athlete or mm. their child if it's a parent looking for their, for, um, their child. For sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and you spoke about the, the marketplace as a business model. Mm. When you guys had the idea, did you always think it was going to be that sort of business model or was there other ideas you toyed with? Yeah, We always thought it'd be a marketplace model. Yeah. Um, and it took us, when we came up with the concept, we did a lot of research. Um, yeah. So it was it was always that connection yeah, um, yeah. Um, opportunity. And we just think that that's a really good way to bring people together mm. um, that have you know they're there to achieve different things so we knew that in the grassroots level that meant access that wasn't available before to different coaches like whether it's grassroots or those um you know professional athletes Mm. and the real focus is impactful coaching so you might be training with a josh junkley or something but Mm. that's about impactful coaching it's not about fan engagement it's about those true experiences to build confidence in the game um, and so for us, it was about making sure that we had access to great coaches so that it was easy to find a coach, very transparent. But yeah. on the other side, there wasn't many coaching opportunities in Australia. You know, there's yeah. a few elite roles and yeah. that's about it. But you've got all these people with sporting expertise and how can they utilize that in a way that's impactful and also commercialize experience. Mm. You know, when you think about how many people retire from the AFL yeah. each year, delisted sure. and things like that, what, what, are you, what are we doing with that experience? So it's mm. about making sure there's an avenue for everyone to utilize their expertise in different ways um, and have an impact on that grassroots level because of that expertise. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I guess you you mentioned earlier sort of some of the early adopters um, and the sports that they're involved in, cricket, netball. Um, Have you been surprised by any particular sport um, Mm. like initially? This is... Yeah, like a, have you had any sport that you've gone, oh, I didn't see that as potentially being as big as what it is? Yeah, basketball in Melbourne is huge. Like yeah, the participation yeah. is off the charts compared really? to any other city in yeah. Australia. Um, so that's surprising for me. But it's kind of exciting to see the emerging sports like pickleball. We just had our first pickleball coach. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but when you look at pickleball in the US, it is huge. Oh, it's like the fastest yeah, yeah. growing sport ever. So yeah. um, I think it's really cool to see emerging sports like BMX, skateboarding, really? all of those kind of oh, things. Wow. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Scootering? We've got scootering coaches people came from singapore to do scootering sessions like pre-covid um so yeah obviously the foundation is probably those team sports because when you think about that dynamic if you're involved in a team sport you want to contribute to that team yeah for sure so if you're feeling like you know what i'm not giving this my all or i need a little bit of help to really focus in this area then small group or one-on-one training is a really good way to fast track that and build confidence so that you can contribute to the team so a lot of our sports are team-based but there's some really cool emerging sports that we're really excited about um and also i think when you think about the value of team sports in terms of soft skills like leadership communication Mm. parents often really favor those for youth sports as well because of those other soft skills that um come through working with the team yeah Yeah. for sure and then so back to like running the business as a whole so obviously you run the business with your husband which probably not many people could do um how do you find that and has there been any sort of hairy moments yeah hairy moments (laughs) that's an interesting one um so kira and i've worked together for for years before we started playbook we had another business so we had a foundation of knowing that we could work together together. um and we when we first did it though we didn't know how it'd go we just thought we'll we'll give it a go and see what happens because so many people say that i couldn't work with my spouse yeah yeah, yeah. i think the thing is that kira and i really aligned on vision work ethic 
um, passion. Yeah. So when you know that there's so much alignment there, everything mm. else falls into place. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have kind of complementary skill sets as well, like different disciplines and different yeah. um, expertise. So we can work, um, you know, we've got, we cover all the bases with two sides of it. So I think there's a lot of value in, um, you know, partnering with someone where you've got complementary skill sets. So, yeah, sure. But mostly it just comes down to alignment. As long as you're aligned, yeah. um, yeah, we, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Enjoy it. And There's yeah. no off though. There is that downside. There, yeah. is, there is no off switch. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. holidays, we, you know, there's... Like Are you still yeah. talking a little bit of business Absolutely. here? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the brain doesn't stop. So, and if you've got someone there as a co-pilot, then, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess you'll see, I'll hopefully see the, uh, the full upside of that as the journey continues to evolve. I think um, one thing I find very interesting, and you mentioned partnering with Kieran, but I also partnering with a lot of the sporting associations and a lot of the, the key player groups within that, um, within that space. One of, our, one of our close mates, Louis Quinn, he's very lucky to, to work <laughs> with you guys um, in, the, in the partnership space. Um, I guess, can you speak to how, how that's been evolving and have you had some um, successful inroads in that space? Of we late? have. It's only something that we're focused on in the last couple of months. We really wanted to, um, you know, test the product, make sure that there was a really good fit, make sure we understood what value we can bring to the sporting organisations and clubs. Yeah. Um, so that's something that, um, yeah, Kieran and Louis have been working on for the last couple of months and it's looking very promising and we're really excited about it. Yeah. Um, and when you think about the landscape of sport, we're solving a few problems for them that, yeah. that mm. remain unsolved. So we're looking forward to being that partner to um, really extend what they offer their communities mm. and provide, you know, rigour, and um, competency around that as well mm. opportunity yeah so with those problems um what sort of problems are, are you addressing with those um with those groups um sometimes for different organizations technology is not at the forefront of what yeah. they do yeah um so you know we've been able to demonstrate that we can do that really well yeah, and we cool. can manage an active um community of coaches as well yep. yeah um yeah. so the tech solution is a big part of that um Sometimes the sporting organisations are not resourced to manage individual requests from individuals that play their sport and we're yeah. well versed at doing that and have been doing that for some time now. So yeah. um, it's kind of about transparency, peace of mind, um, data and competency of the technology to really deliver what people are looking for in a fast way. When you think about what people use now, it's either Google, so just, you know, searching on, on yeah. um, search engines or they're asking their network. Yeah. And when you think about asking your network, there's not a lot of transparency or peace of mind that comes with that mm. because you don't know about insurance, uh, working with children cards, yeah, yeah. Um, coaching qualifications, whereas Playbook is, is verifying all that to give people peace of mind. And you've got the social validation of other reviews. Yeah. So we're bringing many pieces um, to it to make it easy and fast and um, mm. reliable to find a great coach or mentor. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I find that a really interesting answer, the technology piece, because I, there's a lot of people that would have valuable ideas but understanding sort of the process of where you even start when you have an idea from the tech point of view um did either of you and Ke or kieran have a tech background or was that all very very fresh for you guys that that whole tech dev and mm. those in those re really early phases in the really early phases yeah that was new to us but we had to learn pretty fast yeah um and you know what we learned through pain of paying <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of money yeah. and, and not getting it 100 percent right or it taking a lot longer than what we thought it would for sure um yeah. but you know the starting point for us about the business was research and um, interviewing people to understand the pain points and the gaps in the market to make sure that if we're making this huge investment in technology that actually going to solve the problem that exists yeah so 
the first step I think with anything is just going deep on the problem and research and making and understanding it intimately so that you know that what you're going to produce, you know, whether that's mm. six months, 12 months, who knows down the track mm, is yeah. actually going to um, support the solution that needs to exist. Um, so our first step was all about um, that. And interestingly, the technology that we built, we always thought of our user as, say, Chris as the coach yeah. and, say, um, you know, a prototype for or a, 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 um, a person. So we always thought about it on two sides. Yeah. Yeah. And the technology that we had created or thought about the use cases really hasn't changed much over the time. Mm, yeah. um, we've optimised things, but it's stayed true. And that comes from, I think, understanding the problem really well yeah. and knowing how people want to use it. So that um, when you do, you know, submit something for development or create a product, you um, have thought about how that's going to apply yeah, on yeah. a court, on a field, yeah. you know, booking something on a Monday night or after Saturday sport. So, um, yeah, it's all about that that deep thinking that you do at the beginning that will translate to a result that is actually going to cre- um, support the need that exists. Yeah, well, that's mm. really valuable because that's transferable knowledge for any of our listeners that are yeah, yeah. whether whether they're starting playbook, whether they're starting yeah. some so anything that involves sort of a tech piece and the purpose of what the tech is actually addressing. You really need to understand that in order to guide your development. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And the beautiful yeah. thing is that there's so many prototyping software now that you can do oh, that really? really easily and really yeah. cheaply yeah, okay. so that you, you know, if you're pitching to someone, you would honestly be able to show what something looks like. Like a mock website. Exactly. Sort of yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which mm. helps people understand. And visualize it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that probably didn't exist when, when we were doing Inside it. We were literally it, yeah. doing huge post-it notes in our, in <laughs> oh, our, really? yeah, in our house of, um, you know, all the things we needed to do and where they fit together and yeah, yeah. on the family holiday. That's a beautiful thing. It all, it all advances so fast. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Makes it easier and easier. Yeah. I mean, you spoke about, I mean, that small pain point in developing the tech. Have there been any other, notable big challenges that you guys have faced that you're happy to talk about yeah 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 i definitely wouldn't call it small so um (laughs) the the first one for us is so we went to a uh we went to a an agency in melbourne so it was probably you know probably considered a smaller team but really great branding agency yeah and um they committed to building the website for us and so the first hurdle for us was when they pulled out of the project, which was, oh, really? um, we'd been working with them for nine months. So it should have already been out three months earlier. We'd already committed obviously a lot of money yeah, and yeah. we'd been working with them and we felt speed to market was everything. Yeah. Um, mm. and so nine months they came to us and, um, they said, you know what, we actually, we can't deliver this. It's too complex. We don't have really? the robustness in our development. So we're pulling out of the project, but you still need to pay the invoice in full or we're oh. going to hold your code to ransom this is a thing that happens so this is like just before um yeah it was in the lead up to christmas so we had to make a decision um whether we were going to pay the invoice pay the remaining invoice and take what code they had done and then hand that to someone else to finish off Mm. or just start again and and lose what we'd we'd already paid so that was kind of the first point where Karen, Chris and I came together and we're like, okay, well, actually I was the only one who was going, all right, this is, this is a decision point for us. Are we <laughs> throwing more money in or are we going, you know what, this, 
this is harder than we anticipate. We're just going to exit stage left. Really? And um, oh, Kieran and Chris were both like, I can't believe we're having this conversation. We're going to carry on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but for Kieran and I, that meant actually selling out our house and oh, putting really? in more funds. Yeah, because we'd used our kind of development allocation yeah. on most of it. So that was probably the biggest thing. So I think that's incredible. In reflection, yeah. it's hu- huge risk. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Two people in a business, infant. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I think the thing is with business, if you're going to start something that is is intended to be big, you've got to have that strong foundation of resilience because yeah. you're going to have to dig deeper than you've ever dug or anticipate yeah, yeah. to dig. And so you've got to have that that race, that foundation of strength to lean on when that time gets really, really tough. Yeah. And then from that development journey, so we... Um, we decided to do the opposite and we went to Australia's largest development house. And, um, you know, the owners of that were on the AFI, Young Rich List, up and comers, you know, doing Mm -hmm. all the things, built this, built that. So we went with them and we spent a lot, a lot. lot. And But people told us, you know, people um, that we knew in the community, they're like, but you're going to get a great product. You're going to get, yeah, yeah. it's going to be top notch. You're going to pay a lot, but you're going to get top notch. Mm. And we're all about building something that's sustainable. Do you mean something that will manage with scale? Not doing a half-assed job. Exactly. So um, we did that. And that was was hard because you're you're rebuilding something that you've already done. So probably a good reference point is if you had termites in your house Mm. and you had to rip all the walls out and, you know, rebuild inside and then put the sheeting back up. Your house doesn't look any different. It's just this infrastructure behind it. So when you're testing a website for many, many months, um, to your users, it looks exactly the same. They don't kind of, you're not adding any value. You're Mm. just rebuilding. Mm. Um, So anyway, that that partnership allowed us to get the business live and the website live. So then we could test in a market, which was great. Those developers actually um, stopped operating very shortly after we got our website up. And um, so we had to go to new developers to maintain it, um, but that was that was hard for a lot of businesses because these were these were the people in Australia that you went you to if you to, wanted yeah, an yeah. app. And uh, for some businesses that ha- they had paid four hundred k the week before oh. to get their app built, and then nothing, you know, nothing. Oh, so we're cool. very lucky to get to get through that. Imagine if you got done twice. Like, oh. Okay, so I finished it. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Um, so then we went to a, um, a, a the development house. Um, here in Australia, uh, sorry, a uh, you know tech agency here to just maintain some things, just optimize yeah. some things that had you know it'd been freshly built. We're talking three, four months, yeah. and they, after working with it for maybe a few weeks, came to us and said, "We've got to have a chat." Um, and they were like, "All right, you've got to rebuild the um, the front end," oh. and you're talking about a lot more money. But yeah. not only that, you're talking about months and months of time as well. So yeah. time resourcing while you're waiting for it to be real, rebuilt, but then resourcing when you're testing everything that you've already done three times. Yeah. Like, yeah. So in terms of development journey or even business journey, they're definitely the two hardest points were, yeah. were on the development side, like that agency pulling out and yeah. kind of you know, selling the house and kind of banking even more than we thought we would. And then the time of that as well. But those stories are not uncommon. And that's why I say if you've got a business idea, you have got to love it because Mm. you'll probably have to give more of yourself than you ever anticipated Mm -hmm. and sacrifice more than you ever envisaged. So you've got to love what you do every day. And really in that period where I was like doing all that testing, everything, the only thing getting me through, because you've got to remember at this point we haven't, 
pushed it out to scale. Mm. The only thing getting us through is getting our customer reviews because that was showing us there is a potential, there is a potential, mm. we've just got to get through this mm. so that we can get out the other side and get yeah. it to more people. So, mm. And then I guess like now you're probably in that sweet spot where you're really just trying to grow. Mm-hmm. Is, is that, Absolutely. Is right. that right? Yeah. Yes. So I guess what, what to, like what's next for Playbook from here? What's mm. the- so we intend on being the epicenter of human potential. So yep. sport is a starting place for us. Um, and wow. really we feel that we're at word one, chapter one, like, yep. um, really early stage foundation. And I think that's what's beautiful about being on this podcast. You've spoken to some really successful business people, mm. but they're kind of at the, you know, they've had an acquisition, they've had an yeah. IPO. Yeah. They're, um, they're on boards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not really living in the, no, the yeah. kind of grit yeah. of what it is to be yeah. in a startup um, in 2023. Sure. So I think that's the beautiful thing about this conversation for because sure. it's yeah. still very fresh for where we are in our journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting days ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And you spoke about, I mean, briefly at the start about um, potentially going global. Is that something that's also on the cards for Playbook as well? Yeah, absolutely. So when Kira and I had that conversation um, about, you know, this is a business concept, are we doing it? It was always about being a global Global. business. Mm. And so awesome. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm just thinking across across markets, like the the beauty and the beauty of sport in a way is it unites people across many different geographies. Like hundred percent. You've got you've got Australia but they don't just play sport in Australia, no, <laughs> you know. Like they, as much as as much as we're the best at it, we're not the only we're not the only we're not the only nation that plays it. So yeah, I think yeah. there's um there's yeah wow. I pride yeah. must say prior to the podcast, I'd never thought probably as big as the opportunity here is. But like yeah, yeah well, I'm just imagining playbook in like America or something. Like yeah, insane. The amount of people. I mean, because over there, if you, I mean. Obviously, we talk about the grassroots as well, but if you make it professionally as well and you have a great mentor, that's you know, it's a pretty big contract if you make the NBA or the NFL. So, yeah, it's something that could be very, very lucrative for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And probably a little bit more of a mature market as well. Yeah. So, if you think about um, US colleges, it's very competitive to get into, especially yeah, to get a sporting sure, scholarship. Yeah. So, parents are thinking about that probably a lot earlier yeah, over yeah. there than they would be in Australia. Um, but yeah, for us, it's all about just creating those sporting opportunities because like you yeah. say, it's community, it's belonging. You know, you can play cricket in Brisbane and then head over to the UK, join a cricket club and you've already got 10 friends, got 10 you know, if yeah, not yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's what we think the power of sport is. It's oh, all about yeah. that belonging and connection and um, that's global opportunity. And, mm. and you spoke about the bigger, the bigger goal of um, it being the epicenter of human potential. Mm. I guess um, the sort of the mentoring piece and it even comes back to, to Chris's Chris's experience, that was as much the the mentor mental side of things as it was the actual technical skill set he got from his coach yeah. early days by the sounds of it. Because he could already he could already hit a cricket ball <laughs> when he went and saw the guy. It was yes. more he was just being given the confidence that no, continue to do that even though you're playing four day cricket. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it all comes down to confidence and that mentoring piece is so powerful. And that's why we feel privileged to have so many professional athletes in our community as mm. well. Because they've lived the experiences that Um, younger athletes are experiencing and might um, help them overcome. You know, when you think about dropout rates or inactivity Mm. crisis, things like not getting picked for the team or not meshing with a coach or, Mm. you know, communication challenges with someone in particular in your team or you have coming back from injury or hitting a performance plateau, they are lived experiences that they can relate to and share their strategies of Mm. getting through, um, which is really, really powerful. And I think from the coach's perspective, like, 
um, you know, Chris talks about how he got a duck one night and um, <laughs> he had an online mentoring session the very next morning. Oh, yeah. Um, and he didn't want to do it. And Kira was like, mate, mate if, you, if you're not going to do it, you need to let them know I'm not letting you off the hook here. And Chris is like, fine, I'll, you know, I'll do it. Anyway, afterwards, he said to Kieran, that is is the most um, impactful thing I could do because it reminds me why I love the game. Yeah. And um, it's incredible how many coaches actually say that because, you know, a lot of them play at this elite level and it's almost like they're a little bit disconnected from the grassroots love yeah. of the game. Yeah. And that's what we're all about, building the lifelong love of play. Yeah, no, I, I must say the, the, the fact you're addressing the issue of um, engagement um, from the customer, point, like from the player's point of view and then also the ability to help clear the heads of some of the senior players. I think it, there'd be plenty of associations that are that are listening to this, hopefully, and, uh, <laughs> and that go, that go, yeah, I'd love to partner with you guys. Um, I guess one final question we sort of have, um, and we like to ask a lot of our guests, mm. is um, if you had one piece of advice um, for when you were just starting out, whether that be, I suppose, you can take this from one of two ways. You can go either starting the business or when you were starting your overall career, but mm. maybe starting the business with Kieran, I think that could be a good way to go. Um, if you had one piece of advice for yourself and Kieran back then, what would it be? Mm, it's a tricky one. Um, mm. I think maybe what I said before about that resilience and foundation piece. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've got to do all the things to make sure that you have the self-worth to get through those really challenging times because yeah. they do come up. Um, so anything that you can do to build the right behaviors, you know, like health, nutrition, mm. mindset, um, community to make sure that you can kind of get through those, especially if you're a solo founder, I think it's a yeah. really different oh, ball game yeah. for solo founders. Yeah. Um, so making sure that you have those reference points. I think the other thing is, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but the Steve Jobs address, I think it's to Stanford and he talks about how when he dropped out of, um, uni but then he started attending the classes that he actually wanted to go to. Yeah. So he mm. attended typography classes and design classes and all those yeah. things. And he didn't realize why he was doing it. He was just interested in it. Yeah. And then 10 years later, when he brought out the first Mac, he realized it was that fundamental knowledge that he built then and all these dots that kind of connected that created that first Mac. Yeah. So yeah. I would always say follow your interest points because yeah. it's going to create the path that you're meant to go to. Mm. Um, you know, and some people will say like, take every opportunity, but I'd, I'd probably say the opposite and, and be really considered with opportunity. Cause if you apply yourself at work and you're passionate and you're driven, so much opportunity is going to come your way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you actually need to stop and think about, is this the right opportunity for you? And is it actually going to lead you to where you want to go? Because yeah. there's plenty of people that will capitalize on, you know, your drive and mm. and your passion for what you're doing and applying yourself. Yeah. Um, so be really considered about what opportunities that you take because mm. there's going to be many for you. Mm. Yeah. Some great advice. Great Thank note to finish on for sure. Yeah. Thanks for the overview of play Playbook and we learn a lot about the business and it's certainly a business Charlie and I will be watching very closely. Um, into the future um, and yeah thank you very much for your time today thanks for having me it's been thank great chatting thanks Chelsea really appreciate it thank you for listening to the business of if you enjoyed the show please consider rating and following us on your chosen podcast platform LinkedIn and Instagram as it helps others find us